Welcome to this edition of Taco Tuesdays with Ace. I'm Ace Acosta, the host with the most tacos. And I got a great show today. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the former Socorro alum, current professional baseball player and good friend, all the way from Las Vegas, Mr. Jesse Estrada. Jesse. What's up, Andy? Welcome, How are Hugo. You, How are you, man? Good. Uh, how's life in Vegas treating you right now? Hey, am I supposed to say Andres or Andy? Or Ace. Well, no. Well, I mean, I've known you for so long, so I kind of don't even know what to say. As, as long as we don't bring up the D word. I didn't, I didn't say it. I'm just I saying. I didn't I mean, say it. I said Andy, Ace, <laughs> Andres. It's, it's been a while. Either or. Either or. or I, like, yeah. I like Ace. Hey, Ace is good. It's different. But I like, it's just weird because I, 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 it's different for me. So I'm going to have to go with Andy. All right, go with Andy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jess, uh, how, how's life been with the quarantine so far coming out, uh, having to go back from uh, Mexico to Vegas right now? How's well, it, it was, it was kind of sad, man, because we were already uh, kind of in a swing for spring training out in, uh, in Merida, in Yucatan. And, uh, you know, it was stuff was going down. And I first heard something about the NBA canceling their season or postponing their season. I saw it on, on Instagram and I was like, oh man, I hope that doesn't, you know, trickle over to the MLB and to other sports and, and us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, sure enough, a few days later, they're like, hey, uh, we have a meeting and they told us they're sending us all home. And it was, it was okay. I thought it was only going to be for like a week or two and then we were going to go back. But here we are four or five months later, still right. waiting to, to get something started. And, and it's been all right. I mean, it's, it's, for me, I like being at home and I like being home with my wife and we watch a lot of movies. I play a lot of PlayStation <laughs> and uh, I recently went to go buy some headphones and it's been good. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Now, before we get into the questions, uh, as we do always on Taco Tuesday, I know you got some tacos out there in Vegas and I got my tacos here. Let's go ahead and uh, take a little quick bite out of that. Let's do it. Mine are in a styrofoam. Just, so are mine. So, I got so mine. mine. My my I got it out here. Let's see the little extra crispy. Oh, I don't wait for you to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> now you said there's not that many taco places in Vegas right now. Is that correct? Well, I would have to say there is, mm-hmm. but I think you would agree that El Paso has a different standard to tacos. Mm-hmm. Very very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. I mean, I'm not, not trying a- to blame anybody else, but. Food from El Paso is above and beyond the best from other places. Exactly. Especially your mom's tacos. I remember those after some games. Oh, so tacos dorados, man, with, with uh, carne molida and papas. Oof. Perfect. Shout out to Mama Estrada. Hope everything's yeah. well. <laughs> All right. Now, let's, let's take a trip down memory lane. Um, yeah. Growing up in Texas, obviously Texas is known for its football but Texas has produced a lot of great baseball players. Um, how was life growing up in Texas for you, especially being the tall kid? Because you're <laughs> six foot eight, you know, like I said, probably one of the tallest Mexicans I know. <laughs> but, you know, growing up, you know, just being a, being a boy in Texas and then also, you know, having to deal with being the big kid. Uh, well, growing up, I was always the big kid, but it was kind of normal because my dad was the biggest Mexican I've ever seen, you know, before me, <laughs> him and my, him and my grandpa and my, and my uncle, you know, they're, they're bigger men. My dad's my size. My uncle's like six, five. My grandpa was also a tall man. And he, uh, you know, they were always, they were always playing baseball. 
if they were not at a, at a Ascarate Park playing actual baseball, baseball, they were playing softball at Blackie <clears throat> at the sports park. At then it was called Sportsplex. You know, I was always around baseball or softball. And I was always that annoying kid telling my dad and my, my uncle and my, my grandpa, like, let me play. I'm better than these guys. And that annoying little kid that's nine years old, 10 years old, that was probably taller than some of the guys that were on the team. But, <laughs> but I was always egging them on to let me play. And they were always like, no, this is for big boys. You can't, you're going to get hurt and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I can remember one time where they didn't have enough players and they asked, hey, is it cool if my son plays? And they asked the umpire and they asked the other team and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Let them play. Like they didn't think anything of it, but I was playing softball and I was just ripping balls down the line and running and <laughs> diving after balls and stuff. And you know, these older guys are like, who's this kid? Check his ID. Kid. Check his ID. Yep. <laughs> that is crazy. I was always around it, man. I was always around baseball and, <clears throat> and all sports. Like my parents got me a basketball court one, one Christmas and they installed it like the next day I had to wait for the cement to set. You know, I was always playing some sort of sport, uh, playing outside, play, throwing the football around, which later on I knew, <laughs> later on to find out it helped me in my, uh, in my baseball career, but always throwing passes with my dad, playing catch with my dad. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, my, my, my dad has one eye. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, you know, I didn't think about it. I never thought about <clears throat> him and his depth perception and being able to catch something and throw something and, you know, in a general area. Mm -hmm. So anytime I would throw a ball down below his waist, he would just let it go and it hit the fence or it hit the wall. And I, he'd tell me to go get it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Cause I didn't hit him in the chest. I thought he was getting mad, but he was, you know, he was teaching me something that I don't know if he knew, mm -hmm. I didn't know, but he wanted me to hit him in the chest every time with a throw, because that's the only area where he could actually, See. catch a ball mm -hmm. so in a sense it kind of helped me with my control at a younger age i had to throw it there or else my dad was going to make me go chase the ball <laughs> and you're like i ain't running i, ain't, well, I ain't running man <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw this at his chest every time mm -hmm. and it's especially at a young age i remember you know going up against you just that one time everybody's like whoa okay who's this kid out here at seventh eighth grade you know, throwing, <laughs> that, throwing, <laughs> throwing, throwing that heat you yeah. know now now playing for for Coach Forbes and at Socorro. Obviously, Socorro has a deep tradition of baseball. Um, what was that like knowing, you know, family members, cousins, you know, playing before you and you getting the opportunity to shine at that school? Yeah, I knew, I knew uh, going into when we were in, in Sanchez, where you were in Socorro Middle, Socorro. Rivals, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, we're together now. The, the best. <laughs> so I knew, I knew, uh, you know, I knew the tradition that, 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 school had had already i knew the guys that came out there was already guys like like albert montes like nico uh omar like there's a lot of guys that were there kyle anson that were there before me that that laid the foundation to where it wasn't acceptable to lose it wasn't acceptable to lose to any team in el paso and that was just the mindset that it had obviously we're not perfect you know we lost games that we should have won or whatever, but the mindset of not giving up the mindset that a lot of the community in Socorro has the never die type of attitude that we took in onto the baseball field really, really was instilled by us to us in, uh, by coach Forbes, you know, coach Forbes was say what you want, man. Like 
he, you hear a lot of stories where he was mean to me or he was the nicest guy, but to me, he was both. To me, he would rip me a new one. And then two minutes later, he'd have my, his hand around me or, or his, his arm around me and, and hugging me and telling me that, that I'm a good player and, and to not give up and to, to continue to move forward and to forget about what happened. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, he was ripping you a new one, getting in your face. And I had to come down sometimes. He had to get in my face a little bit. But, <laughs> but we always worried about him because he was always, you know, he would scream so much at you and you would, you know, get super red like a tomato. And <laughs> but down, it, it, was, it, was, it was that tough love, man. It was that tough love that, that a lot of the kids needed at that time and a, lot of, and a lot of people still think about today to where it helps him. And not necessarily in baseball, but in life where that's that never give up attitude that we all have growing up in that little area that whatever it is that you're pursuing, you're going to go hundred percent into. And I think you can understand that too, with what you're, you're, you're doing with, with your photography, with what you're trying to do here now in on this zoom meeting, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's things that, that we all have that we love to do. And it's, it's all instilled in us when we're little and we don't even know it. Right. We, we, we just, know. we just thought it was like, Oh, dang. One thing right, why I'm is just... he yelling at me? Why is he, right. why is he in my face? When you're young at the time, you don't think about it. You know, we, we get our feelings hurt sometimes, but it's part of, it's part of uh, sports. It's part of growing up. And it shows you that life is going to knock you down a bunch of times. But you got to get up. As cliche as it sounds, man, mm-hmm. you got to get up. Exactly. It's the stuff that, that we need to hear. Um, one thing that, you know, since I, I wasn't good enough to play baseball with you guys, by the time I wanted to play, y'all were throwing heat and throwing all this other stuff. Been playing together since you were like four. Yeah. I was like, so I'm a military brat, so... You know, I didn't get that. I was just football and basketball. But one thing that oh, we really were throwing com- the football around, yeah, you and me were, were throwing the football around all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, trying to catch it. <laughs> but, but one thing that really caught me, you know, caught my attention was for pitchers. Right. Forbes had a rule. Y'all ain't taking team pitchers in your uniforms if you don't win district. That's mm-hmm. the bare minimum standard. Like that's the bar. Just you want good photos with the with the team pitcher? You better win district. If not, what is practice clothes, right? Yearbook it's or anything. Nothing. Right? It's just whatever they use for the for the yearbook. You know, whatever like whatever day of practice it was, and you had whatever dirty shirt you were wearing. That's what was going to be used as our team photo. All right, and then that, that, and was, that's that sets a goal though. Like, all right, you know, let's get this right. Yeah, or else my family's going to get mad that they don't have any baseball pictures to remember of when we were in high school. Right. <laughs> we got to get it done. Exactly. So, at what age level did you think you know? Damn, I can really play. You know playing the next level like when did that actually hit and and what things did you start doing differently to you know to try to get that next level um so i i knew what i wanted to do (laughs) when i was young like young i mean elementary school like i knew i knew i wanted to play baseball Mm -hmm. i knew but i didn't know where it would take me i didn't know i i just knew that i wanted to play Mm -hmm. and as I grew up going into high school, knowing that, you know, if I can get good enough, I can get a scholarship. I can go play college mm-hmm. and get my school paid for. Um, and after that, I could, you know, I can hopefully get into, into uh, professional baseball. You know, and I don't think there was a time where I was like, oh, I can play professional baseball. I don't think there was ever a time where I thought about that. I think mm-hmm. being young, that's all I thought about. Mm-hmm. There was no other ever something to fall back on as they say it was just tunnel vision that i wanted to play baseball 
whether it would be professional or just playing, you know, in a rec league or something. I just knew that that's it was going to be a passion of mine since I was little. There was not one time that I could tell you where I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can be pro with this because mm. I was always thinking about that. There was never a doubt in my mind that I wanted to play baseball as a professional. Nice. Now, now that transition when you finally, because um, you did get drafted uh, right out of high school, but you chose to go to college. Right. And not just any college. You went to one of the top, was it junior colleges, Grayson? Yeah. Um, what was that life, you know, that learning curve from playing against the guys in high school to all right, playing at the, you know, the next level? You know what, at the time I was kind of intimidated by some of these guys that, that got there, you know, they were bigger guys, you know, um, stronger guys, guys that threw harder mm-hmm. guys that already had one year under their belt in college is a big difference, man. When you're a senior in high school, you think you got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Then you get to another place where, uh, you know, I went to Grayson and it's, it's a, uh, like an hour away from Dallas hour and a half, I believe. So it's different. It's a different type of people. It's a different type of everything. You know, I was, like I said, we grew up in El Paso. We grew up in Socorro. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 100% Mexican Mm -hmm. besides our friend that was white. Yeah, (laughs) Tyrone. He's the only guy I think that I could think of. Or and Kyle, Kyle Anton. Mm -hmm. The only two guys that I can think of that were not 100% Mexican. So going to a place where I was the only Mexican, I was the only one that had, his name was Jesus, where Mm -hmm. you go into a school and the teachers are like looking at the roll call sheet and they're like, Jesus? (laughs) Jesus is here. uh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's a little bit of a culture shock the first time I got there. Uh, But it was, you know, I knew I had my hands full because, you know, you're in high school, you think, you got it all figured out. Then you get to another little chapter in your life and you're like, Oh man, this is different. You know, I had, there had to be some changes and stuff. And that's where, where a lot of growing up had to take place. And, uh, and I'm glad that I went there for those two years. Those two years. And then uh, um, the coach, uh, pretty much a, a, a legend out there. Is that correct? Yes. yes. I'm very lucky to have had two big influences in my life as a, as a, as a baseball player to have coach Forbes, at a high school level and another coach, coach Tadlock, who's now at Texas tech, the head coach of Texas tech and was coach of the year. I believe last year or year before, I can't remember which year it was, took his team to every time I was there, he was always, all he ever talked about was Juco world series. We got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. And I'm sure he did the same thing with the guys from uh, Texas tech where they got to get to the college world series. And, and you know, they've been there mm-hmm. and they're doing it. And I'm pre- I will not be surprised if those, that team, wins it because that guy coach Tadlock is, is another breed man and it was it was more of a he wasn't as in your face as coach Forbes <laughs> coach Forbes was your old school coach that got in your face and told you what he wanted and what he wa- and when he wanted it mm-hmm. and later later on he was your friend and later on he was your your mentor mm-hmm. and the, during 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 the whole thing you know and coach Tadlock was like hey you're a good player you need to do this this is what you need to do to get to the next level. This is what you need to do as a team to win a JUCO World Series. I was fortunate enough to go to two JUCO World Series. We came up short, but every time, for some reason, the two, ga- the two games that we lost, I pitched those two games. Mm-hmm. But I went deep into those games. One is eight, eight, I threw eight innings and the other one I threw nine innings. And they, they're stuck in my mind because 
there's a for a national championship for JUCO. Mm -hmm. And when I was done, every single time Coach Tadlock was always he he put his arm around me and he's like, "You're bigger than this. Don't worry. Don't let this bring you down. We're gonna come back." That was after my freshman year, and we came back. We did it again, and I and I failed again. I lost. He did the same thing. He's like, "You're bigger than this. You're gonna move on to bigger and better things. Don't let this bother you." You know, and those little things they help you. They help you grow. They help you understand why we lose and why why we need to go through the things that we go through because they're going to help us out later. What, and they, they help you grow? appreciate certain things that you have to go through. And that, and and he's that's why he's one of the top coaches in the nation right now because he knows how to talk to his players. He knows how to how to get the best out of you. Awesome. Awesome. Now, after the two years, you had to make that decision. Um, what a lot of players are going through as well, you know, do if, if you're fortunate enough to get drafted by the, by the, by the, by a major league team, do you pursue it or do you continue for a couple of years playing? What was that process like, you know, having those two options available? Like, all right, wherever you get drafted, go down that path or, you know, let's, let's try another year in college. What was that process like? It was tough, man. It was tough because uh, school is, 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 is hard, as we all know. It's not easy. Not everybody can do it. And having the opportunity to choose between two things, because JUCO, you can only go two years, and then you got to transfer somewhere. And I was lucky enough to get another scholarship offer to Oklahoma State. So I had verbally committed to go there before the draft had, uh, had started. And it's, it's tough trying to decide, should I play one more year in college mm -hmm. or go to the pros? And then also thinking, if I get hurt in my last year, are they still going to want me? Mm -hmm. was, is my draft stock going to go down? Like, there's a lot of things that go into it. Money, uh, school, because you can get school paid for as well if you, mm -hmm. you, you, know, you negotiate it into your contract and stuff. But it's hard. It's a hard decision, man. And, and growing up as a, as with my, what my mom would like to say is that she wanted me to get my degree. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to go to school. You know, they wanted me to go to, to, to get that uh, division one degree mm -hmm. in a big university like Oklahoma state. And it was tough. It was a tough decision saying, you know what? I've already been drafted twice. Cause I was drafted out of high school and I was drafted after my first year of college, uh, mm -hmm. junior college. And I was going to get drafted again that year. It was tough thinking one more year of college. It, 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 was, it was a tough situation. So, I, you know what? I just decided to start my pro career at the age of 20. That's right, 20, 20. Now, what was that like, you know, knowing when the Cubs called? Because for everybody watching, Mr. Jesse was just drafted by the Chicago Cubs. Chicago right? Cubs, yeah. Chicago Cubs right there. Uh, what was that like to get that call? You know, you know you've been dreaming about it since you're little, you know, having the opportunity to play. What was, what was that like? So, like I said, I was fortunate enough to get drafted three times. <laughs> so I have gotten, I had gotten those calls before, mm -hmm. but they had never like really, you know, offered any money. They had never said anything about, uh, what they were offering school-wise, anything. They just said, we drafted you. And in those times, it was called draft and follow. So they draft you and they follow you through your year. After my senior year, they would follow me through my freshman year in college. Mm -hmm. Then I went through that whole process again of getting drafted or not. 
and I got drafted again by the same team and they did the draft and follow again. So I had to go back to another school, another year of school and they followed me through that. So it's draft and follow. They follow you through your career or through your college career. And I thought they were going to do that again because it was in the later rounds. And, and at the time I had a, an advisor is what they would call him that would later turn on, turn out to be my agent. And he, uh, he would kind of give me advice of to what I needed to do. And he said, if they don't offer any money, then you got to go to school. You got to get that one last year of, uh, at Oklahoma state and, and try to do your best to, to, you know, Crazy. improve your draft and your, your draft stock. Mm-hmm. And, and the minute they offered money, my agent's like, here's the money. We can try and get you more. What do you want to do? And at the time I was, I was seriously in a car driving back from, from uh, McKinney, Texas, to El Paso because I was playing summer collegiate ball out there and I was on my way back and I just got a random call from the Cubs saying that they had drafted me and they were offering me this sort of money. And then I talked to my advisor who, like I said, turned into my agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we decided to, to go with the money that they offered. It was a good enough money to, for me to, to uh, leave school and, and start my professional career as a baseball player. Now, now, what's life in the bigs? Because everybody thinks as soon as you get drafted, it's it's uh, it's it's gonna be magical and everything. But yeah, you, know, you get a mansion, a, you get a Lamborghini. Everybody, right, you know, every, every, everything's everything's just handed to you on a silver platter. But 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 you went started out in Peoria, Illinois. In Peoria, Illinois, and I was also fortunate enough to skip uh, rookie ball, uh, what they call short season ball. I was lucky enough to, to skip those and they sent me straight to Lowe in Peoria. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was another culture shock, you know, coming from, from, from El Paso, from Socorro to, to Dallas. To Illinois. And now I'm in Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> Home of Richard Pryor, I believe. I oh, really? So. I didn't know that. I, th- I, think so. I think so. I think so. In Peoria. <laughs> The, the Chiefs, right? The Peoria the Chiefs. Chiefs. Peoria Chiefs, yeah. At that time, they were the low-A affiliate of the, of the Cubs. All right. And, and, and for, for people to see, this is his 2006 oh. <laughs> card right there, right? The, the, yeah, the Cubs, there's scribbles on it, bro. What right? happened? Hey, right? This is courtesy of your mom because just a little side fact, Jesse will not sign anything for me. Like, I'm, I'm not signing <laughs> any boys, autographs dude, for you, that's right? Weird. I know, but I, I'm a collector. I'm a collector. We go to Chico Tacos together. We ride in, in your cool, cool uh, brown van together, the, the, the mafia van that had that. no AC, <laughs> fitting twenty people in there. But that's another story for another day. But, um, but yeah, so that's why my, I don't sign. I'll sign the autographs, but it's right. just weird Not for me though. Good for your boys, you know. So, so, so I had to, I had to get Mama started to, to hook me up. You know, so she, yeah, Mom she, got she, mad. I had to sign it for Andy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but tell us, tell us about that. You know, Illinois you know, playing against these pros. Cause obviously the game is even that much more harder. Cause more, these more guys, harder. these guys way more harder. I mean, it's not like, Oh, I can just throw this. Eh, uh-huh. I can be a little bit off. Oh no, they're, mm-hmm. they'll knock, they'll knock that shit out to, to, to next year. Yes. So, and so it's, it's, it's very different. It's very, you have to approach it a lot different. Do you, uh, you meet new people, you get a new, you get a new strength coach, you get different coaches that have already played in the major leagues that are telling you what to do or what they think that you should be doing. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people talking your ear off. There's a lot of people telling you what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and you know, as a young kid, when you're first getting drafted, you're trying to please everybody, man. You're trying to 
you're trying to make your name as big as possible so you can get that opportunity to play in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, man, because you see, you see a lot of guys that are out there. You see guys that are first rounders. You guys that they, you see guys that got a lot of money playing, doing the same thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. but if they got a lot of money and you see it and it changes your mind, man, it, it's, it's different. It's, it's a different mindset. It turns into work. <laughs> as sad as that sounds, it turns into work, but it, it's also something that you learn that a lot of people have to learn when they, when they get real jobs and they do certain things to, to better their lives. And, and I was up for that challenge. I was like, I'm just as good as these guys that got a million dollars, man. You know, I, I, I can, I can compete, you know, and that, that little attitude that was instilled in us in, in Socorro, we're, we're not giving up and we're, we're going to show you what we're made of. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or, or die trying, you know. Or die trying, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you got to play and be, also be coached by, you know, some le- legends right there. I think, uh, remember you telling me Greg Maddox was down there for, say, like a rehab stint. and Yeah, Greg Maddox was there. And uh, Jody Davis, a, a longtime catcher. Mm-hmm. Ryan Sandberg, a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of guys in, in, in my life, fortunately, that I got to meet. Grady Little. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys. The guys that were in the major leagues at the time that were, like you said, that we got – that were rehabbing with us that got sent down with us, you know, they, they would talk to you and tell you what it needs, what you need to do and how you need to, you know, attack certain situations that you're going to be put into. Now, how was that like stay, stay growing? Like you said, for, for those that are trying to pursue a professional career, you know, cause you're out on your own, right? By you yourself. Know, you're, you're by yourself. And, and, and can I mentioned we're not making any money. Like you said, we're not, I think the, as a, as your first year in your professional year, uh, your first professional year in baseball, I think I was clearing seven hundred dollars a month. For those of you that think that as soon as you get drafted you're going to make big bucks, it's wrong. You have to work and you have to keep going and going and progressing and getting to higher levels and higher levels to where you can actually make some sort of money. No, so yeah, clearing seven hundred, right? Because I remember when you went to Daytona. Daytona is not a cheap place to live. No, you got to live in a house with six other dudes, man, <laughs> to afford right. to pay rent and buy food. Right. I mean, it's it's, but but the challenge that you said it it can help you grow. I mean, and obviously it it, it has. Now you you've had a long career in in you know professional baseball in, in the minors. You know, playing in the Arizona Fall League. You know, representing the Cubs. Um, how was that, you know, because that was the cream of the crop in, in, uh, in the minor leagues right there, playing in the Arizona Fall League. You know, how, how was that playing? I believe it was the Mesa Solar Sox. You Mesa those, Solar Sox, yeah. Right? That's what the, the team I was with, yeah. How was that? Because, I mean, you're, you're pitching and playing against some of the top calibers, and obviously a lot of them, you know, were major league players. Right. So there was how, a lot of guys. Yeah, it's, so it's for people that don't know that uh, Arizona Fall League is uh, – is a league where when the season's over, every team uh, sends five of their top prospects to that, to that uh, league. Mm-hmm. And five out of, I don't know how many. There's, I mean, there's six, at least six or seven teams, minor league teams, that you have to fill a roster of 25 people, mm-hmm. plus the guys that stay back in rookie ball and that are, not, are, are still part of the organization but are not in, you know, low a double a triple a mm-hmm. you know there so being just chosen to go to that is is pretty much getting to the big leagues in my eyes mm-hmm. because everybody that plays in that in that league 
usually gets their opportunity to to show what they got in the major league level. You know, and I was fortunate enough there to to meet a lot of great guys that all had great ma uh, major league careers. Mm -hmm. And and it was another shock, you know, getting, getting there to where those guys, you know, oh, this guy's been in double A AA and triple A and has killed it. And he's mm -hmm. killing it still, you know, and, and I'm there with him. Right. I was killing it, you know. So it was just certain things where I had to sometimes be like, you know what, I'm just as good as these guys. It doesn't matter that, like I said, they're a first rounder, second rounders. It doesn't matter. There was guys there from the Dominican, from Venezuela that weren't even drafted, that were given $500 for a signing bonus. And they took it and they ran and they were there competing. And, and, and I think that was one of the times where I said to myself, like, you know what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good baseball player, man. I deserve to be here. I deserve to, to get my opportunity. And, and I'm going to continue to work as, as if it was day one back in at Sanchez. <laughs> right. <laughs> or playing catch with my dad outside. You know, it was, I, it was something that I wanted to do to, to grow. And it was that time that I knew that, that I, was, I should be part of Major League Baseball. Exactly. Now, going back to, like you said, when you started, we're doing a little throwback here. Um, I don't think you know that I got this one, but like I said, like I said shout out to Mrs. Stra. Look at this limited edition. Oh, my God. Right. Dude, limited I, think, edition. I, I think it's a uh, 1992. Oh, Let's my see. God. I'm going gonna, gonna to have a, have a talk with, with my now, mom. Man. Now this is this is all I, I forgot when she, when she gave it to me, but let, let's see. Let's see if this still holds true. Favorite pro player. Do you remember what she said? Canseco. No. Oh, man. Daryl Strawberry. Oh, okay. All right. You're the age of eight, all right? Eight. Num number zero. You had some weird numbers in your career, which we'll get to. But favorite <laughs> professional favorite pro professional team, what did you think you, you had? What did I think I said yeah. at that time? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's if, I, if it's not the Yankees, I'm going to be pissed. You're going to be pissed. The Rangers? No. The Doyers. The Dodgers. Dodgers, dude. Confused Dodgers. kid, man. Like <laughs> I have to put that on my parents. <laughs> you're playing for the by today's standards. If I didn't have a team by age eight, like you're weird, <laughs> right? Right there. But so this is a limited edition, right there. Like I said, shout out to Mr. Strada for this one. You have to get this one signed right there. All wow, right? <laughs> I'm gonna sign it with my left hand, right? Hey, hey, it don't matter. I, you know, I got to my, my collection's not complete. I mean, I got Daytona nah, and then we got Daytona. the. We got the Tennessee. Um, I don't know if they make cards for you in Mexico, but they do. I'm at the find I've them. signed a few. Yeah, I'm at the find them. All right. Now I don't have any though. But now, now going back, you happen to be at the new Yankee Stadium. I think for the first exhibition game. Um, Correct. Can Can you tell us about that? Just walking in. Obviously, you're 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 a Yankee fan. You know, but, yeah, but not being, when I was eight years old, apparently. No, 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 no <laughs> but like you said, you've you grown. Oh, the, the stages of life growing, growing up I'm right grown. there. <laughs> but tell us about that, because obviously you're with the big league club for, this was a spring training. Yeah, right? I had spring um, training. Uh, I was in big league spring training. And, and, and just obviously, I remember the bus story, but we don't have to get into that uh, for, for what rookies, <laughs> rookies have to do. Unless you want to do that, but just tell us your experience about going I to... I mean, rookies have to take beer to all the veterans, man. I got to walk around and give them beer. So It doesn't matter if you're six foot eight. It doesn't these matter. Dudes, you know, you and they make go, you get on the mic and they're like, they, hey, where are you from? And you're about to say, I'm from El Paso. And they're like, nobody cares. Like the rock. Like, you know, like, nobody cares where you're from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bad, man. <laughs> but yeah, so, so how was it going into yeah. to 
the brand new Yankee Stadium. I mean, I got to go there last year, and God, it was it was amazing. But for you to be a fan and then to be a player, and you know, and tell us. I mean, obviously, I know what happened, but tell us just going 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 to be in that historic historic place. So we were there for I believe three games, and it was right before the the big league season was about to start. Um, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to be there and uh, to make that trip. And so I'm sitting in the bullpen, man, and I'm, and I'm just kind of kicking back thinking like, wow, this is Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. This is all. I'm sitting in the bullpen. Everybody in Yankee Stadium, there's, there's, there's a bullpen. And in, in the back of the bullpen, there's like a little area where it's warm because at that time, it's cold still in New York. Mm-hmm. So there's a place in there that has heaters. It's got a TV so you can watch the game. You know what's going on. But I wanted the full experience. So I sat outside by myself in the cold in my jacket just watching the game because I was like, when else am I going to watch a game from this bullpen? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to ever come back to that spot. I didn't know if I was going to even be able to pitch in that game. And, and it was what? The first first six was the first series, right? Of, the, of that was, brand new stadium, right? It was the first series, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody had ever played in that stadium. We were the first ones to, to use that bullpen, to use that clubhouse. And I was part of that team. And it was the first game of, for sure, I'm not going to pitch. No way. They're not going to put the rookie in that doesn't even have his last name on his jersey. They're not going to put him in there. Oh, phone rings. Hey, get Estrada up. And my heart sank, bro. My heart sank. I was like, I'm going to, oh, my God. My hands started shaking. I was getting super sweaty without even, it was cold. I don't know how I was already sweating. <laughs> and uh, I grabbed my glove and I started warming up. And they told me, you know what, you got the next hitter. And there was a man on first and third, I believe. Ted Lilly was pitching, and there was one out. And, yeah, he had, he had gotten up, given up a few hits, and they weren't going to let him go that long because they needed him to get ready for, you know, for opening day and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting hot. I'm letting these balls fly, bro. And it's a beautiful sound because, you know, there's a – it's like an enclosed area, so the ball hits the glove and it just pops and – it's just a different adrenaline when you're in a major league setting, you know? Mm-hmm. And what was really humbling was the New York fans. <laughs> <laughs> and excuse for what I'm about to say, but they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> he doesn't even have a name on his jersey. <laughs> the guy next to me had a name on his jersey. But I didn't because I was a rookie and I didn't think I was going to pitch. And I'm pretty sure they didn't think I was going to pitch. So they didn't give me a name on my on back of my jersey. <laughs> So they're yelling at me. This guy doesn't even have a name on his jersey. And I'm warming up. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I never really used to hear anything when people yell at me. But for some reason, I heard that. You heard it there. <laughs> I heard that one. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's hilarious. I can't wait to tell my family about this one. That was hilarious. So I'm warming up. And, uh, and to, like I said, it was first and third. I remember telling They told me I got the next hitter. And, then, and uh, that particular hitter hit a ground ball. And they turned a double play. So the inning was over and they told me to sit down and I didn't get to warm up or even get into the game Ugh. that day or the next series or the next two days. But that was the only time that that was the closest I got to uh, getting into a, a major league game. Right. But still, I mean, wow. Do you mean you're there and you got the excitement on that? But <laughs> I mean, I got story. into, I got into a game, but that's a whole nother story where I faced a, a good friend of mine. Yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into, let's get into that. It was uh, Rockies versus Cubs, right? It was Rockies spring, versus Cubs, yeah, in spring, uh, spring training. In Tucson, spring training. All right. How, how was that? Because I, I know uh, 
Omar's uh, other, uh, what is it? Uh, when he faced other teammates, didn't go as a, uh, as planned. Mr. Montes uh, had a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out to faced, right there. <laughs> I saw that one too. It was on TV, I believe. And he, uh, it was that, it was the Rockies playing against the Giants. I think they were in Scottsdale. I can't remember, but but their boys, they were they were they were, they were uh, teammates in Socorro, and then they were teammates at Texas with the Longhorns. And they, uh, Montes said he was trying to throw a changeup, and he held on too long to it, and he smoked up. He smoked you in the leg. <laughs> if you're not hitting your, your, your good friends in, in, a, in a professional league game, are you really friends? Right. right? <laughs> if you hit your friend with a baseball, that means you guys are boys. <laughs> right. Now, now I remember because I believe when you faced Omar, right, the person, yeah. the, the batter in front of him hit like a grounder. And I remember the video. I had the video clips somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like frustrated, like, damn it, I gave up that hit. And then I guess you hear his name over the intercom and your face, your face changes from there. How uh, was that? I knew, I knew I was going to face him. And, and you know, what's hard about that whole situation is that we, we all train together. Mm-hmm. So it's like during the off season, we're in at the field at, uh, in uh, Socorro on the baseball field, the high school one, we, I throw against hitters and, and Omar's hitting other guys that are, you know, that want to hit, they hit as well. I sometimes throw some of the high school kids there just to get ready for spring training. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, that's what it felt like. But I'm trying to be, I'm trying to win a job, man. You know, I'm trying to get seen. I'm trying to get Lupinella to be like, you know what? I want, I want this guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm taking it serious, bro. I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get him out. And I was mad that I gave up a hit before him. I think his hit before him was Willie Tavares, I think. I can't I think remember. So. I think so. He hit a, gr- a ground ball off the middle, which I should have caught, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I heard that his name, I heard his name announced and I, and I turned around and I was like, oh man, why did it have to be him? Like, why? <laughs> and then the moment I, I'm like, all right, just focus. I got this. And I put my glove up to, to look. And then the one thing that he never does, he never really like messes around like that, but he's making faces at me. bro. <laughs> he goes, he's made a little face. I can't remember, maybe he didn't stick his tongue out, but he made a face at me and then he like, put his head down. Yeah, I think it was like a big smirk, like, mm. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, heck, I had to laugh. Like I said, I just put my head down and I put my head in my glove. I was like, this guy, are you making me laugh? <laughs> and he jumped all over the very first pitch I threw. He j- jumped on that very first pitch and he hit a fly ball to center. And I was like, thank you. Get out of here, please. <laughs> Next guy. Right? I saw oh, like, he just shaking his head, but... <laughs> And that was no. one of the things that I think uh, Coach Forbes liked the most. That one day he was watching the game because mm-hmm. I think he knew that I was going to fish that day. And and obviously, you know, Q had already been in the big leagues for like two or three years, so mm-hmm. he was obviously going to be playing. And he said it was one of the most uh, proudest moment as a coach to see two of his former players face off against each other in a in a major league uh, baseball game. It's it's crazy. I mean, not that many people were and from Socorro, came, you know, right from that, you know that actually, you know, still played together, you know, but, but like you said, from Socorro, I mean, it's not your the Dallas or the big metropolitan areas, you know, um, same hood, bro. <laughs> right. Two, 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 two kids, you know, that, that love the game getting to face off, you know, yeah. at least you didn't beam them like, like Mr. Montes did, but yeah. The good thing I didn't know that story before I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> Otherwise I probably would have, because of law of attraction, I would have probably just pulled one too far and smoked them in the shoulder. <laughs> now obviously baseball baseball is a is a business i remember you telling me that um so when 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 the nationals released you and you had the opportunity to come play back in el paso 
Uh, one, how is it to play back in your home city? And two, what was it like to, you know, to, to I guess, close out the Diablo season or history um, by, by pitching the last game? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a beautiful thing to come home because I had been away from home for so long. I hadn't played at home. Uh, it had been a while since I have ever played at home. I think the last time it was high school. Exactly. Besides going to play softball with my friends and, you know, pick up games and stuff like that. But yeah, the closest you know, in an actual professional setting, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, it was a, a beautiful thing that the only hard thing was trying to find 200 plus tickets, bro. I had to call the GM <laughs> and tell him, Hey, all these guys are hitting me up for tickets. What do I do? I'll give them all what he wants. So, all right, cool. I had a class. I think it was 250 people. You're right. And it was 25 cent hot dogs and ice cream sandwiches yeah. that day too. So, <laughs> and we know all my people from Socorro, they can eat. They can, they can eat. They all they can, can eat. eat. They can eat. <laughs> but how was that? You know, being able to pitch and start that last ever game. And the last ever game at Cohen. Yeah. And then, cause obviously the field's gone right now. It's already demolished. It's, it's, it's a thing of the past. How was that? You know, just putting on that Jersey and seeing all your friend, family and friends in the stands. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful that the love that I got from all the, you know, all my family and friends and, you know, people that I didn't even know that were following me at the time that were there at the game. You know, usually it was, you know, it's always my parents or my close friends like yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was a beautiful thing to see that whole side of uh, behind our dugout just full of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time that I got to pitch, and I got to pitch there a few times, and it made it even sweeter that I got to start the last game there in Cohen stadium mm-hmm. an El Paso guy closing it out, you know, and it, it's something that I'm going to hold special, a special place in my heart for, because it was, a, it's a stadium that, that had a lot of history. A lot of things went on in that stadium. A lot of big people pitched and uh, pitched and played in that stadium as well as Omar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being a part of that last game is something special. And I'll forever be forever be grateful for, for that opportunity that was given to me to pitch in, uh, in El Paso. Awesome. So then you had the, the new journey, professional ball in Mexico. Yeah. All right. That's a big, big change. You've been in the States most of your life, uh-huh. you know, you know, played, you played some, you know, you know, ball and waters, but what, what was it like to make that, that transition going to another country? A completely different mindset, a completely different, uh, love for the game everything was different and unfortunately i had to start from the very bottom Mm -hmm. in mexico and it was tough man it was it was hard to do because you don't know if you want to keep doing that Mm -hmm. at that time you know i was about to be 26 27 i believe 28 can't remember exactly is it my age but you know it comes to there's a time when you're in your life where you're like, do I, do I want to really keep doing this? Do I really want to start at the bottom again in another country? And all, I had to start in the bottom because they had a rule in the Mexican league that if you're Mexican American and you did not sign with the team in the Mexican league before signing with a team in the States affiliated with the major leagues, you were banned. You couldn't play in the Mexican league. So, wow. so I had to start, at the very bottom to eventually get to, you know, where I'm at now, but to start, when I say start on the bottom, I mean play in a pretty much like a men's league Mm -hmm. that they pay. (laughs) 
Right. In a small, and small town. In a small, small town. town where there was, I think there was one road that it was paved. The rest of them were just dirt roads. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I had to start. And these games were, there were double headers on Sundays. I was getting $500 a week. A week. Right. <laughs> I had to drive from El Paso to Eagle Pass, Texas, cross into Piedras Negras, mm-hmm. and then they would pick me up. The team would pick me up in a suburban and drive me two hours in to a city named Palau mm-hmm. in Coahuila. And, you know, and this is the time where, where it was really hot. And when I say really hot is there was a lot of like cartel action and mm-hmm. a lot, it, was, it was a scary situation having to drive and cross every single Saturday to play mm-hmm. on a Sunday. I had to rent a car. I sometimes couldn't rent a car because I didn't have any. So I had to drive my fiance at the time, her car, you know, and, and it was a, it was a tough situation, man. I did that from March until October. Every Saturday morning, I would drive, pitch on Sunday morning, drive back. For the love of the game. <laughs> Literally for the love of the game. For the love of the game. And, <clears throat> and I was luckily uh, good enough to open up some eyes there. That was, I was invited to play winter ball that year in another <laughs> small town in, in Veracruz. It was named uh, Ciudad Mendoza. Uh, also, another another uh, city that was you know not not ideal that I was not something I wasn't used to. It was cold, and when I say cold, it was cold. <laughs> and I this time I couldn't. It's not like I could drive every Saturday and pitch and then drive back. This was in Veracruz. This was far, mm-hmm. so I had to stay there. And. And I wasn't, I don't think I was making that much money either. I think it was a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And I, they, they paid for my living, but the living situation was not ideal either. And you're not staying at the Ritz. No, it was not <laughs> ideal. I, I remember having to stuff my backpack with my shirts and socks and stuff and for using it as a pillow. And I would use the towels that I brought as mm-hmm. my, as my okay. blanket. And it was cold. <laughs> and they gave us an awesome, sweet, big house, but didn't have any heat. It, had, it was always cold in there. The water was always cold to shower with. I didn't fit in those things. They were really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you fit in a lot of regular standard, yeah, standard stuff. But this stuff. one was different. It was a smaller town, so it was a smaller house. So <laughs> it, was, it was tough, man. And from there, I had to go to another league because I was still banned from, from Liga Mexicana, from the Mexican League. Mm-hmm. And this team was uh, – <clears throat> in San Luis, Rio Colorado. And they were the minor league affiliate at the time of the Tigres de Quintana Roo. And so they had all their prospects playing in that league. But that team could have a certain amount of, uh, not foreigners, they could have a certain amount of free agents, I guess you would say, Mm -hmm. that can play in that league. And I was one of the ones that was fortunate enough to get invited to play in that league. And that was more structured. That was more every day, getting paid a little bit more. But eyes were on you from Liga Mexicana. So a lot of teams were watching. And, and you know, if, if, if the opportunity were to come up, they could give you a call that they wanted to sign you. 
But once teams, uh, you know, and I did, I did very well there. I, I was fortunate enough to play two years there, and we won two, two championships there. And that was like, the, like their first ever championships, right? I think that helped uh, build them a new stadium, I believe. Yeah, they have a new stadium now, yeah. But, you know, my eyes were not there. My eyes were elsewhere. I needed to get somewhere where I belonged. In my eyes, you know, obviously I wasn't telling people, I need to get out here. You know? right. <laughs> I was telling my wife, I was telling, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. But so I had to continue to grind. I had to do that for two years. And I, I was pitcher of the year both years there in that league. And I was luckily enough to, to open up eyes, like I said, from, from teams. But some teams were, they were offering me stuff and I would tell them, well, I have to play as a foreigner. And then in the, in the Mexican league, you can only have six foreigners on each team because as a Mexican American, I was banned. And a lot of teams shied away from that. They didn't, they, they found out that I had to go through that whole situation and they didn't give me an opportunity. So, like I said, I was there for two years and luckily in 2015, I don't know how, I think it was because certain amount of players were trying to get into Liga Mexicana and, they had a lot of guys helping them, like higher guys, higher up guys that were execs and, and GMs and stuff like that, that wanted to sign certain players, but they couldn't sign them because they were Mexican-American mm-hmm. and they were banned because they hadn't signed with the uh, Liga Mexicana team first. Mm-hmm. They were doing like a, some sort of movement or some sort of uh, process to get Mexican-Americans cleared to be able to play as Mexican-Americans or as they call it over there, pochos. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, they lifted that ban, and each team was allowed one Mexican-American player. Just one. Just one. Just one. In 2015. So, and the is right away, they called me and told me, hey, you can get one uh, Pocho, Mexican-American guy, on our team. We would like for you to come, you know, play with us. Let's go. I didn't know where the Tigres were. They were in Cancun, Mexico. <laughs> Wow, from Paradise. The, from from the small Veracruz to the what was it San Luis to, as the white folks would say, Cancun. 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 <laughs> yeah, and uh, 2015, I started my career there in Liga Mexicana uh, as the one and only Pocho on that team. And the next year, they decided, oh, the league did good with one Mexican American. Let's open it up, and they opened up the floodgates, and all the Mexican Americans got to play in that league. If they were, if, if the team wanted them, you know, if they wanted, it was no, no guess, and, I, and I'm glad that happened because they made the league better. It made the league uh, more competitive. Uh, There's a lot of guys that were in the States that, you know, they would get released like myself mm-hmm. and we're looking for jobs and, and it's hard to find it, especially in independent baseball here in the States. It's hard. Mm-hmm. They don't pay a lot. You have to pay for a lot of things out of your pocket, out of your pocket. And it's hard to do that. And in, and in this league, they, 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 they really take care of you. They really go the extra mile to, uh, you know, take care of your living because they know that a lot of guys are not living in a certain, mm-hmm. in, in that country. So they take care of your living. And, and I was, like I said, I was fortunate enough to play five years there for, uh, for Tigres in Cancun. And, and by that, I think in the Winter League, was it Winter League where you, you're at Hermosillo? Yeah, and, and that's a whole other, that's whole a whole other, other league. But, but what was really cool is here in El Paso, El Paso had the the Mexican ooh, I forgot what it was called. Fiesta. The Fiesta, right? Where they bring in two teams. 
And you happen to be here for, <laughs> for both years and getting to pitch into the, the brand new, new stuff, the new stadium. <laughs> and, and at that point, uh, I had a media pass now and I was able to, you know, kind of get down there on the field. <laughs> but that, but that was, uh, had to be yeah. an awesome ex- experience to, to come back in a brand new stadium in front of your family again. Yeah. Again, again, I had to ask, I had to ask the guy that was running the, the Fiesta Mexicana or Mexican Fiesta for a bunch of tickets. Cause everybody and their mother wanted to come watch his games, <laughs> you know? So I had to limit it to, to only family and, and close friends. Luckily you, you were already in, so I didn't have to worry about you. Right. No, it, it was, that was fun though. I mean, hearing, hearing your name called, uh, by, uh, Mr. Harry Reese out there in Vegas, uh, shout out to Harry. Um, just Bro, to see you. Harry Reese. Harry is my neighbor. He's your neighbor. I didn't know. Yeah, that I close. haven't told you this, have I? No, no. He told me that, that you guys saw each other at the gym and all that, but I didn't know you guys were neighbors. He's my neighbor. We live in the same complex. Dang. That, this, this is what you call a small world, folks. Small right? world. Small bro. world. Small I mean, world. And, and coming from him where he's six foot eight, the <laughs> small world is even crazier on that. It was crazy. He posted something on IG one day, and I was like, dude, that looks like the road that's right next to our apartment complex. Like, what? That's crazy. And I, and I, I commented on his story. I was like, hey, where are you walking? And he's like, oh, I'm on Silverado Ranch Boulevard, and that's the street that the apartment complex is on. And I was like, oh, I live on that street. And he's like, oh, yeah, where? I told him the name of the apartments. And he's like, oh, I live there too. <laughs> And then later on, I was at the pool, and he was, like, in the gym. He was waving at me, waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I run into everybody in this, in this everybody. door down here, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. So right now, currently, life in Mexico, you would have been with Yucatan. But since that se- season got postponed, yeah. um, you're going back to Monterrey. Is that correct? Right. So the league, the, the Liga Mexicana was canceled this year because of, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going on with COVID. and. Uh, it was sad. It was sad to, you know, because you're used to. My summers have always been since I was a little kid, full of baseball, mm-hmm. games every day, you know, things that that come along with playing baseball as a professional every day. Uh, and it was taken from us, and 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 it's and it was sad, man, because you never really like how they say you never know how much you love something until you lose it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a season, and it was, it's been tough not being able to compete that competitive drive is just it burns inside people that that are very competitive like myself so i have to you know play video games to get it out or something (laughs) (laughs) but but you're still working out training yeah i I train every day man it's 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 uh it's for a lot of people that don't know baseball is just not showing up every day and just playing you have to take care of your body and and you have to stay in shape. And especially at my age that I'm at now, there's a lot of young guys that are coming up to trying to take your job. Mm-hmm. And that never die attitude that we've had is still in me and my competitive juices are always flowing. So I got to stay ready and I got to go that extra mile to, to be ready and to compete at the high level that, that, that we can. So I, that's what I've been doing right now in this, this whole COVID process. And, uh, the summer league was canceled, but the winter league is, is, uh, is a hundred percent go right now. I think it's the first half is going to be with no fans mm-hmm. and that's scheduled to start in, uh, early to mid October. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact date, but, uh, sp- there or spring training, they call it summer training for winter ball is, uh, we start September 20th and I'll be a part of, uh, Sultanes de Monterrey. 
Played against my old team, uh, mm. Hermosillo, <laughs> in winter ball. So that's a whole other story where there's a whole other league with different players, different teams, different cities. But it's, it's, uh, it's essentially, you know, Major League Baseball in Mexico all year for me. Which is good. It gives you another opportunity to, to compete. So what have been some of the keys, like you said, going younger generation trying to come up and take those limited spots? What's been the key uh, to your longevity? I mean, especially being a pitcher. Um, I know uh, Tom Brady's kind of influenced you a little bit, but, you know, what's some of the things that you can reveal to everybody, you know, you know the importance of taking care of your body to – to compete at the high level um i, I was uh i've 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 had a friend of a friend of mine his 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 dad passed away his name's uh roger roger enriquez i remember i know you remember him mm-hmm. his father passed away and he loved baseball especially loved baseball in mexico and he told me one day uh i think we were in high school or i was about to go to college and for some reason this stuck with me you know he was a man that loved baseball and was there at every single game and he told me that I needed to train like an animal, like a beast, and take care of myself as, as a lady would. And that didn't make sense to me at the time. I was like, oh, this crazy old man, what is he talking about? You know, and, and to take care of yourself means everything, mind, body, soul, everything. And to train, you have to train like a beast, like he said. <laughs> And it's hard sometimes, man, especially, you know, there's days where you're like, I don't really want to train. I don't want to do this. But the fire in me knows that there's somebody behind me that, that wants my job, that wants to be in the same situation that I'm in, but I'm not ready to give that up yet. So I'm going to continue to train and take care of myself. And, you know, one of those things is, is getting up every day and running, getting up every day and, and, and weight training, as well as, as, as staying sharp, throwing uh and luckily you know being in el paso where it's hot training in the heat all the time with with my boy uh albert montes and uh and gabe gabe aguilar um we always trained in the middle of the day because it was hot and we wanted to train in the most uncomfortable weather that we could and uh now that that i've moved to vegas the the level of heat has taken a huge turn. You thought it was hot in El Paso. That I thought it was hot like... in El Paso. El Paso's only in <laughs> oh the hundreds. Oh and I say only in the hundreds because it's 110 here all the time. Right now, let's see. It's, it's 101. It's a nice, cool day here. And I'm <laughs> sweating, bro. Like, you can't see, but I already have sweat spots in the bottom. I'm not going to show you. <laughs> it's, it's, there's days that it's hot and the sun is unbearable. But I took it as, as uh, you know, as the Mamba mentality, as, as the late Kobe Bryant would say, he, he would, I don't know if you knew this, but he would come to Vegas and he would ride bikes. He would ride a cycling bike up into the mountains at four in the morning. And he would chill there and wait to come back down in the middle of the day because that was the hottest that it was going to be. And he wanted to be put in the most uncomfortable spot to train because he knew that mentally when it came down to it, when he thought he was getting tired during the game, he wasn't going to be tired. He wasn't going to be mentally fatigued because he can get through that. If he can get through the heat cycling in Vegas, in the mountains. Right. Wow. 
So I kind of, I kind of, I kind of took that as a, as a, you know what, I'm going to train in the middle of the day here in Vegas, you know, at noon or one o'clock in the afternoon where it's the sun's at its highest, you know, I put the block on and I get it going, you know, I run and you know, there's a lot of people that, that I see because you know, COVID's going on or whatever. and And I run on the baseball fields or at the park. And a lot of people are looking at me like, this guy's, this guy's crazy. He's running. Like, these people are walking. Like, it's cool. They're walking. It's a different story. You're walking. I'm running. I'm running in this stuff. I'm, I'm pouring sweat. Usually, I take my shirt off because I can't handle it anymore. And I'm just running. I'm the crazy guy running on the baseball field with no shirt on. <laughs> and, and it's just something that, that it's a mental edge for me. You know, maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they thought Kobe was crazy for doing that, too. But but I think it's going to give me a mental edge and a mental you know, advantage to know that, that I, I've trained in some really hot environments and I, and, I, and I can handle anything that's thrown at me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like you said, it's, it's doing the little things that nobody else wants to do because yeah. you, want, you want to keep where you're at and, and only as cliche as it sounds, only the strong survive. I mean, it, it really is, man. And, it, <laughs> and the, the minute that I decide that I don't want to do this anymore, which I hope is not anytime soon, and I, I'm about to be 37 and, and, and I've never felt any better. You know, I've always, I've, I've always trained and, and, you know, you used to tell me I was crazy because we would lift. Remember we would lift and, I'm, mm-hmm. and uh, we would lift legs and I was like, hey, all right, let's, let's go on a run right here, like behind my house because remember the canal was back there? Mm-hmm. We run that canal and you just look at me like, really? You want to right. run? We just lifted. Right every t- every day, but you, you, it was it was impressive from after you after you pitched and going light pole to light pole, no matter what. They're right. like, "Well, wait for Jesse. No, he's gonna be a while. He's got to go uh, do his ice exercise or uh, bands. He's gonna run pole to pole, then go in the ice bath, and then he'll be ready." Yeah. Um, so it's it's been like that since I was a kid. My dad did that to me when I was a kid in sports park, and I was a crazy kid running after I was done pitching, and I was legitimately mad at my dad. I was like, Dad, why are you making me run? I just did really good. <laughs> oh, if you want to pitch, you have to have some legs under you. So, so you start running. So everybody would go to the parking lot because you know at those times everybody would they give you a bag of chips and some coke and a Gatorade or something. You know, after the game, and there everybody was talking about where they want to go eat pizza because that's what we did. We love pizza. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go eat pizza after a game, no matter what it was: football, basketball, baseball. Shout out to Peter Piper. And, and they had, <laughs> and all my family and my friends that wanted to go eat with us at Pizza Hut because my dad somehow always had the hookup everywhere we went. Had to wait for me because Jesse was over there running. Every time. Every, Every time. time. And when I was a kid, I was pissed. Why am I doing this, man? I did good. But it stuck with me. And, and, it, and, it's, and I think that's the one thing that's made me separate from a lot of people that are not playing anymore is that maybe, maybe, it is, maybe I'm crazy or, or what, but I think running has has helped me heel has helped me not only physically but mentally because when you're running you're thinking about like damn i'm getting tired no i'm not tired i'm good i can keep going and you're thinking to yourself this whole time that you you, you're doing this to get better so i think that that positive reinforcement that positive energy that i'm giving myself when i'm running has has pushed me a long way no i've been always impressed with the discipline i mean from from the early age since since i met you um right there what eighth grade um, you've always had that discipline, you know, when you got drafted, you, I think it was December was the first time you were going to start throwing afterwards. Like you didn't do anything from 
the end of the season until December. And then, all right, I, I, we need to go warm up. We just got to do some long toss. And then you yeah. do your long toss. And, all right, that's it. I'm done for the day. But what your discipline on your routines and, and, and it's shown how much it's paid off. Yeah. A lot of people would be like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to go do it. But you've been. Yeah, I'll take can, one day off or whatever. It's not, it's not like that, man. It, it has to be done, you know, for anybody that, that's listening, that's a kid that maybe wants to take this, this, uh, this road that I've taken is not easy because you're, you're fighting for your job every time, every time you're out there. But like I said, the, the training, the training is what keeps you in the mix. You know, there's a difference between a guy that's, that's been working and is always going to be working compared to a guy that's not working and just going on straight off his talents. And I've played with a lot of guys that are like that, that didn't really train that much and are now not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, for maybe other reasons that I didn't know they were injured or whatever the case may be, but they're my age and they're not playing anymore and they love the game as much as I did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, and I've always said it, and I think I've said it when I was younger too, like if I can get the opportunity to play professional baseball, I'm going to do this for as long as I can because the minute it's over, it's over. There's no going back. There's no, you know, there's a lot of people that, that talk about their, their days in high school. It's like, Oh, I really miss playing basketball. Or I really miss playing. I'm one of those guys that says I really miss playing basketball. We love playing basketball. I played basketball with you as well. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that I wish I could go back and do and play more of because I love basketball too. Mm-hmm. But it's that mentality that you have that we think about, I miss doing this. I don't want to have that yet with baseball. I love baseball. I leave it all I love doing this. It makes me happy. It's, it's that, it, that cliche thing that, we, that people always say, are you going to do this? Would you be doing this if you weren't getting paid? Absolutely. You're like, I, I did. You're like, I did for a while. It was, wasn't, that, yeah, much there you go. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that much money out there. It wasn't that much money, man. <laughs> but it, it's, that's something that, like you said, it, it's the drive to do it. You know, leave nothing on the court. You want to make sure that the tank is empty when it's all, all empty. said and done. Empty. You know. You're going to have to drag that uniform off of me, man. You have to drag me off that baseball field because when I'm done, I'm done. Right. And it's, it's crazy. You ain't done yet. We're, we're, I still got to go out there. Still got to go out there to Mexico. Go take a little trip out there. Um, I know. You've you been know. saying it for a while, man. I was only in paradise for five years. You didn't go. Yeah. That was your bad. I, I know. Um, it's because uh, the way my bank, uh, the checking the savings account. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey when is it time for another bite bro you only gave me one yeah, bite I'm right starving. let's eat let's eat before the, the, the final go let's take another bite of these delicious tacos that are probably cold already you know, but you know what we should give this shameless plug too all right go ahead Who, where, about what i eat choose? oh all right so i'm the traditional it's not in the training right it's not in the training it's but not only it, the training it, this is like a it's gonna be for all those that know jesse all right and haven't seen him in a while it's gonna be Shocking. A little, I, it's gonna be shocking especially for knowing what we used to eat back in the day so yeah. i'm eating my nice beef tacos but um mr estrada over here has made the jump um shown that box shown that box while i the take a box it. of the yeah. food look at it it looks amazing it looks it looks amazing but, it looks uh, great i'm gonna take a bite because right. i'm starving. Mm-hmm. they're cold now but hey cold tacos are still good just like cold pizza but for those watching, Jesse has made the jump, right? He is now team. Show him the box. Do you sell the box next to you? Yes. Vegan tacos, ladies and gentlemen. The boy went vegan. Wow. Very inspired by Mr. TB12. Mr. Tom Brady made my boy go vegan. Now, is this a straight vegan 
diet now or not dying or living or just gradually? I'm gradually getting into it, man. My wife has, uh, has, been, has been doing it for a while. And she, she tricked me into watching this thing on Netflix. Uh-oh. Another shameless plug, man. All right, Netflix, right. She said, she, she, she got me in the heart too, bro. She's like, you want to keep playing? She just dug that knife into my heart. And I was like, Duh. that's love. Right? Yeah, she, <laughs> she's one of the main reasons I'm still playing as well, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. She's Shout made me watch this thing on Netflix. It's called Game Changers. If you want to watch it and you love me, don't watch it. Because <laughs> it's going to change your life. There are certain things as an athlete that you, you know, keep spitting this food. That's hard to talk yeah. when you eat. That's why you're not I, supposed I to talk when you eat. Yeah, but this is a little different. You know, I'm not, I'm not your, your normal talk show. You're we're right. Gonna, we, 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 we're going to eat tacos. Card. If we were like face-to-face, I'd be spitting my tacos all over you, bro. Mm-hmm. That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, Game Changers on Netflix got me, bro. They talk about uh, your blood levels. When you're when you're exercising and they just go super scientific into it and it got me and that day i was like all right i'm done let's try this cold cold excuse me not, not, but not just, cold turkey but. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nothing to do with uh trying to lose weight it's not nothing nothing to do with that it's just what's in our bodies and what's what's being put into it and where we're working out and what's being burned when we're working out and what's what helps you longer mm-hmm. what helps you recover what helps you get to that next level especially at our age i mean yes at our they're... age it, what's a lot of the things that uh that were like our grandparents or our parents when they go to the doctor and they tell them something they're like hey you should probably cut out sodas you should probably cut out red meat <laughs> yep. you right. get that every time they're like, so what? you know it was just something that was that i watched and and now i'm, I'm trying i'm gradually getting into it it's not easy I am a meat lover. Let me, let me clarify that. Clarify that. Mm-hmm. I love pizza. I love carne tacos. I love pastor tacos. And being in Mexico, bro, that's Oof. every like, corner. Oof. Every Oof. corner they're there. Avocado. So is this going to be what, avocado tacos now? Maybe tacos de papa right there? I wish you could taste these, Andy. <laughs> you know, I, t- I would buy them. Tempo. You know what I would do? I would buy them and not even tell you. I was like, dude, here's some tacos. This is a pretty good taco spot. Just try them. I wouldn't even tell you they're vegan. And you would eat them and you'd be like, oh, man, these are good. And then I'd tell you, they're vegan, bro. I, I, might, Fine faint, I might faint right there like, oh, wow, vegan. But as, long as you, but, but as long as you're happy and healthy, that's the main thing. Yeah. And like you said, you it, know it, what, it's, man? It's, and you know who else it's worked for? is My, my sister. Mm-hmm. My sister had a, a, a kidney failure uh, at the age of... She was young, 30? She was young. No, I mean, she wasn't 30 yet. Oh, no. I think she was, she was in her late 20s. I can't remember the exact age. I don't want to butcher the age. I know she was in her late twenties. Uh, so she had to get all this stuff done. It was a whole process, and you know, thankfully she got a donor in her and her husband. So they, Love. he gave her his kidney, and so she she's also watched Game Changers, and she started a a plant all plant based diet, and she has to go to for labs. I don't know if it's monthly or weekly, but she has to go for labs to make sure her blood is you know circulating through her body correctly and her immune system is fine and ever since she switched over to a plant-based diet her labs have never been better awesome. they've never been better and, and and it's just making her healthier you know and like i said it's not to lose weight 
to look good in a bathing suit. It's none of that stuff, man. It, it's, it's not a fad. It's something to help you inside. But you're putting that super unleaded instead of the regular unleaded to make that vehicle. Absolutely. You know, we're going perform. solar, baby. Right. So you got to get the performance, the best out of it. You can't put the, the knockoff stuff in there. Uh, yeah, man. Tom Brady still can get it, kicking it in the NFL. I think he's going to be 43 this year. It's something to, you know, it's eye opening. Yep. And he looks like in some of the best shape that he's ever been. He looks like he's in his like early 30s. And like you said, mentally as well, too. That's a big key as well to be there mentally, you know, happy. That, that, that affects a lot of things. That affects a lot of things. That, crazy. Vegan, everybody. For, for all not, my complete, not 100% vegan. I still vegan. sometimes enjoy cheese right. and cheese. pizza. See, I, don't, I love pizza, bro. I can't do it. Cheese. I mean, that's, a, oof, that's, a, that's a tough one, Jess. But you know what? All props to you. I try. You know, I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I can imagine. Just for me right here, just dropping this thing, I get yelled at by my friends. <laughs> countless times are like damn it ace throw or andy put the soda away but it just tastes so good but I, it's it's all about balance okay yeah with every soda i drink some water there you go bro. right and then i drink gatorade but then they're like that's a lot of sugar and and you're eliminating the process but anyways <laughs> like i said uh, so soco loco we got a vegan on our hands here but jesse kind of 75 percent 70 hey well, that's good it's good so For what's every pizza, what, i uh like a Beyond Meat Burger. Beyond Meat Burger. That's a, it's, it's a new business. It's, a, it's good, man. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait for you to come visit me whenever you say, like, you remember how you said you were going to come to Cancun and you never came? Well, I'm, I'm a, we're yeah. going to go this year. We're going to go this year. All right. That's going to be tough. I don't know if you're going to be able to find that kind of food out there. Just saying. But we'll be see. Surprised, bro. Be surprised. Be surprised. So what's in store for you on that? Like I said, you got the nice um, um, married life, Vegas life you know, still playing professional baseball, what, what, what's in store? What's in store for you in the future? Uh, hopefully a lot of, uh, a lot more baseball. I've, 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 uh, I've told my wife that I'm, I'm, one of, I'm trying to get to play to the age of 40, you know, and it's three years from now or counting this year would be four. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's something that I think I can do as long as I keep continue to, to take care of myself and continue to train the way I have been and, and being smart about the things that I do and don't do. And, and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in now without the support that I have with my wife, because she's, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, I'm done. Now I'm living in this little shack in the middle of nowhere, Mexico, and I'm done. I want to go home. I don't want to be, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's told me countless times I have a lot of stuff left in the tank, you know, and she's, She's a lot of, uh, she's a lot of support for me. She's always here. She's right here on the other side. She won't show herself, but she'll say hi. Right. Say hi. Real hi. Hi. <laughs> so she's also my publicist, my, my director, my, my light guy or girl, girl. my, my vegan nation, but I don't know what you call it. She makeup artist, right? A dietitian, veganetitian, dietitian. <laughs> Did she do the makeup? Did she do 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 the hair? She does everything, bro. Everything behind the scenes, it's her. If it wasn't for me, I'd just be like, ah, let's get my phone and do it like this. <laughs> shout Make out sure to, I put my shout out to Tita for, for IG. Like a lot of things, man. There's a lot of a lot of things that she helps me with because I'm a caveman. A, a tall caveman. Everybody a tall caveman. A, a tall caveman. I have soft feet now because of her. <laughs> 
soft feet, Andy. Ooh, a lot of things have changed, I don't, folks. I don't, yeah. I don't, remember all those like cuts I had in my blankets at my house because of my sharp ass, dirty feet. Right. You help me, bro. Jesse didn't even have shoes, and then one, they, didn't, they, they didn't make size. They, they, they didn't make the size for him. I was, yeah, we don't got a size. Spice, bro, she's my agent. Right. He's like, these will look good. Buy these. Right. Buy these size eighteen. Easy, bro. Sixteen. Fifteen <laughs> 16. or sixteen. Not that big. Still. Still, but that is so awesome. Glad you found her and you guys have been together for so long. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's hard to find. It's hard to find. Shout out to, to the married life there. My only thing that I've been in a, in a relationship that long with is uh, my love of tacos. Yeah, we should take another bite. Right. Right. You told me there was going to be eating involved, bro. And then, like, I've taken two bites. Terrible. Hey, well, it's because you showed me they're vegan tacos. But, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, longtime friend, great person, professional baseball player, comedian, and um, shout out to his uh, lovely wife for keeping him sane and healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, my handsome, friend. Handsome, bro. Don't forget handsome. Right? Oh, handsome. Um, we won't. We'll, next, the next episode will be uh, a story about uh, New Year's. But skincare. We'll, <laughs> skincare, skincare, and, New Year, uh, you said you weren't going to bring that up. Come on, no, that'll be on the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. So, ah. so if you guys want to hear that story, you don't want to hear it, right? About his superstitions, New Year's, and then a little thing that did he make it to twelve o'clock? I made it. Hit, hit that, hit that. Uh, My eyes are open. <laughs> hit, that, <laughs> hit that like button right there, and then we'll we'll have him back on, <laughs> on the air on that. But, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, you can find Mister Slav playing this. Ball for the Sultanes de Monterrey. In the I like your Spanish. It's getting good, Andy. It's getting there. It's getting there. Monterrey. Uh, in Monterrey. 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 My name's Andreas Acosta. Right. And I got that hat. It was an expensive hat. But shout out to, to Jesse, though. He did hook it up. I gave you previous a jersey, team right there. Right. Um, I don't know if I can show the logo, but I am. But there it is. Yeah, go ahead, man. It's all good. Right there. The Tecates. You know... Do you, do you still drink if you're vegan? Is that still no. allowed? I haven't been. Oh, there it is. I, the only time I did was uh, for my sister's birthday and one of uh, my catcher, uh, the catcher that catches me here in Vegas for his birthday. Those are the two times that I've drank during this quarantine. There you go, people. John Gleason, shout out. Right. Shout El out to El Pollo Loco. El Pollo Loco, right? Fighting chicken, right? <laughs> Wow, and <laughs> shout out to Ricky Bobby on that one. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, my guest today, Mr. Jesse Estrada. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button right down below or somewhere around here. And stay tuned for the next episode of Taco Tuesdays with Ace. See ya.